This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Tolt. It's very nice to have you on this lovely Monday, or whenever you might be listening to this. Now, this week we have a bit more of a serious episode. I speak with Marielle Loveland of the band Candy Hearts. And what's interesting about this is I got an email from her manager, who is a buddy of mine, asking if I would like to have her on the show. And I said, of course, I would love to have her. Um, I always like to have female guests. This will be the third female guest we've had. And I think it's important, you know, in this, you know, male dominated scene that we tend to be in with singers uh, to have as many females as possible. Uh, So I jumped at the chance, but I hadn't read the latest news about Marielle in the press. A few days ago, Marielle spoke out about some abuse she faced from their tour manager on last year's Warp Tour. And I encourage you to read that statement. If you want to pause this right now and go online and and check it out, you can. And the tour manager in question also made a rebuttal. And Marielle since has also made another statement. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of back and forth. It's a very complicated situation. Um, But most of all, this is an important issue in our scene right now. Um, There's a lot of talk about violence against women in our scene. I bring it up in this podcast a few times. Some incidents with Front Porch Step. Um, Johnny Craig last year on the Warp Tour. So this is something we all need to take very seriously. So I think it's important right now for you guys to listen to this, for you guys to understand that our scene isn't completely safe and that there are problems and hopefully things are getting better, not worse. But when you hear about these things, they are very troubling and they are very disgusting. And it is something that affects me personally doing this as my career now for so many years. But anyway, before we get into it, I want to encourage you guys to feel free to get in touch with me. The email address is really easy. It's leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read every email I get. I try to respond, although some weeks are much harder than others, but I do read everything. So hit me up on there. Also, we have a Twitter going. It's at leadsingersyn, S-Y-N. We're on Instagram, at leadsingersyndrome. I actually posted a a picture from an old podcast last week. Uh, someone found the census fail ass pass. So, so make sure you get on Instagram so you can see some relics from past shows. Oh, and I almost forgot. I am also now on Snapchat. It's not the lead singer syndrome Snapchat. It's just my personal account, but feel free to check it out. It's real Shane told. I know it's a bit of a douchey handle, but Shane told was taken. So what am I going to do? And lastly, if you want to support the show, It's super easy. Do you buy things online? Do you know what Amazon is? It's a great website because they sell everything. So to support the show, it's really, really simple. All you got to do is go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. That'll take you right to the Amazon homepage. You log in as normal and anything you buy, our show gets 4%. It's called the Affiliate Program. It's really, really great. And hey, if you got a big purchase coming up, if you're going to buy a a lawnmower or something, can you buy a lawnmower on Amazon? I bet you can. You buy everything on there. So whatever you're going to buy, please use that link. It costs you absolutely nothing, and it really can go a long way to helping our show grow. 
Oh, and if you really, really like the show, make sure you go on iTunes, write a review, preferably five stars, because that helps us with like chart position and all that crap that you probably don't care about because you already know about the show. But we're trying to make this thing grow, get better opportunities. So please go on iTunes, write a review. It would really help us out. Anyways, without further ado, here is Lead Singer Syndrome, episode number 30, and my conversation with Marielle Loveland of Candy Hearts. in the morning right now this is uh this is not good this is not good for old shano yeah um (laughs) i'm recently uh single and uh you know i was in a relationship for like four and a half years where uh you know i like mostly just hung out with like my girlfriend you know and uh you know i didn't go out a lot and i'd see buddies and stuff and now that like i guess now that i'm single and i can kind of do whatever i want i don't really know yet (laughs) Uh, I don't really know how to say no to like my buddies being like, yeah, come out and like drink and come out and hang out. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, what, where? Sure. I'll be there. Like I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and, uh, it's starting to sort of catch up with me a little bit, um, on some of these mornings. Like, what is it? Friday morning today? Like Thursday night, I'm out until I don't even want to admit the time. Um, <laughs> but you know, so yeah, so I, I apologize if, uh, if on this podcast I'm a little groggy, uh, it's my own fault. Ten minutes ago. I'm sorry. Sorry, I just woke up ten minutes ago. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're with me. Yeah, you're with me. Did you have a rough <laughs> night? Uh, well, you live in New York, right? Or New Jersey? Um, or something? actually, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, New Jersey, beautiful, lovely, beautiful state. Uh, it's sarcasm. Yeah, it's uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. No, we always have like our polls um, of like. You know, because we travel around a lot, we always talk about, okay, what's the worst state? And I'm like, uh, like, I don't know, maybe like Ohio or something. <laughs> and my, yeah, friend's like, right? Are you, my friend's like, are you crazy? It's New Jersey. It's not even a question. New Jersey. It's like, New Jersey's not that bad. I, I love New Jersey. I mean, it's pretty regular. I People, it gets a bad rap because, you know, the area around Newark and around the airport is really just factories and it's gross. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they got to like, take all But like the rest this- of it is like, Really nice suburbs. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think, you know, there's like, also like there was that whole period of time with like the Jersey Shore stuff. Like, the, like I'm not talking about the Jersey Shore itself. Like people don't oh, think of, yeah. yeah, I'm talking about the oh, stupid TV show. Oh, that such a bad rap. Oh, Although yeah. people were from Staten Island though. Oh, were they? I don't, uh, shit, I don't know that. But Yeah, I know that. I mean, most of them were from Staten Island. They weren't even from New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, that's so super funny. Yeah, I guess they just filmed the show like on the Jersey Shore, right? But like, yeah, I mean, the Jersey Shore is like yeah. nice, you know. And like, I think of when I think of New Jersey, I think of like, and like you know, Asbury Park and the Jersey Shore. I think of like Springsteen. I don't think of whatever the hell that fucking guy's name, Pauly D or whatever. Like, so I don't know. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, there are trashy parts of the Jersey Shore, but. Those parts are kind of fun. <laughs> right. I, I've been to Atlantic City a couple times, too. I mean, that's uh, – never mind. That's a place is horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now all I can it's think about is, is the fact that I just called Ohio the worst state and all these, like, Ohio State fans – oh, I'm a Michigan fan, too. Take that, Ohio. And uh, all those Ohio <laughs> people are going to be just, like, hating me, calling the hate line. Uh, ripping me apart to shreds. So, anyways, this is getting uh, this is getting a little out of hand. Uh, so, I got to ask you right off the bat. You've been, um, well, I don't even know how to say it. You've been through some stuff over the last couple days. Uh, you know, with the statement you made about going through the warp tour incident of like you know abuse, and uh, you know now I know over the last like little while there's been statements back and forth and stuff. So, I just kind of want to ask you how you're holding up with this because it must be pretty emotionally draining for you to, to have to kind of deal with this. So how, how is that going for you? Uh, uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm really not doing that well. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I said what I had to say in, in my two statements and I felt like, you know, his statement was, I mean, it was completely false. Right. There were small truths in there, you know, like I yelled at him and 
I did yell at him. Maybe I flirted with him to pacify his anger. Um, but I didn't do anything that harmful. He's, he's in that statement claiming that he's like this victim of abuse. Well, that's what I said, but I didn't name anybody and I didn't name my friends or my family that he named. Right. And I didn't name my boyfriend and I didn't name Kevin Lyman and I didn't name, I didn't say people said anything and he's saying all of these people, including my mother. Yeah. Said things which it's not true. I'm not bipolar. If I was bipolar, I certainly wouldn't, that wouldn't be a hidden fact or something like some twist to the story. Like everyone would know I was bipolar if I was bipolar and I'm not. He was just, you know, saying, I don't know why Marielle would make up these lies about me. And then he said, like, oh, I'm not going to speak on for what, like, I'm not going to speak about what her motives were. And then he spent three paragraphs writing about how I conspired with Substream Magazine to create this story that I just posted on my Tumblr without naming anyone to sell tickets to a solo career that I don't even have and I'm not promoting because it doesn't exist. Yeah, I read that. I read I read his statement, yeah. Yeah. Even if what he said is some truth, there's some truth to it, there's obviously some, I'm sure there's some exaggeration because, um, you know, he says things like he never raised his voice and stuff, which, in my opinion, and, and let, let, let me let me take it from my perspective, I'm, the Seaway guys are from my hometown, like Oakville, Ontario. We grew up at, like, my mom goes to the rec center, like, gym with one of the guys from Seaway's mom. So I know all those guys. I was on Warp Tour. Well, they didn't do so, this. No, I know they didn't do that. I'm just I'm just putting the, the perspective, yeah. you know, from my angle because I'm going to talk about this. But um, you know, to for him to say like there was no, he never raised his voice and stuff. I mean, that's that's that part is very hard to believe because anybody in that situation, I think, would would have to fight fire with fire a little bit, you know. Even you know, so that that whole thing to me was pretty hard to believe. And and the only thing is like. It's a tough situation for everybody, especially for you, um, because you, you know, you made the decision to, after saying basically that you thought about this every day and you were trying to make, do the right thing, you know? So, so that must've been very difficult for you. But, um, you know, you say like you didn't name names. Well, obviously people were going to figure out it was him. Right. Yeah. But I wasn't bringing, I, I didn't bring this. There's, I mean, I know him so well. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know him so well because I would never have dated him if I knew he was like this. Um, and there are just so many things that I found out during our relationship about him and that are just completely insane. And so many things about his family that, you know, like I felt bad for him. He was having a hard time. And I, I didn't mention anything about his family or anything like that. And he's saying I had all these motives to not, to, not tell on him or whatever that it's a lie because I needed trailer space when there are tons of trailers around like it's just kind of you know more of the ways that he was like holding me hostage and I know the people who were there see me yelling at him because I did right and he probably didn't uh, he definitely yelled back one time but when he knew that I was yelling to bring attention to him because I was scared he didn't he's not an idiot okay yeah, so it's, it's just, like from yeah. the people next to him, it looks like that I yelled at him, and that's what people saw. But people don't see the months and months of abuse and the things he said to me and the text I have that I would never release to the public, where he tell he admits that he admits it, he admits that he treats me that way. But don't you feel like know. like and I I hate to I hate to say this like you know this this back and forth like like I hate to use the term he said she said because that's such a shitty like way to put this and it's it's obviously it's it's deeper than that especially you know for you and what you went through but don't you think almost at this point after reading his statement and him you know you said like he's you know talking about your mother and stuff like don't you think you almost should just put it all out there to kind of start to set the record straight so you can you know move on from this and like you know cuz cuz you did start the ball rolling so don't you think in a way like you should just finish it and, and get everything out there, like, and then let, you know, let it sort itself out? Or do you think you're able just to cut this off and you can deal with it emotionally when there's people that, there's people that don't know what to believe at this point? And that's, that must be so troubling for you. I don't really 
didn't know what to do. I mean, I wanted to put it all out there, you know. I wanted to show the text where he said that he's not embarrassed by his behavior because because he only treats me this way. And there's something inside of him that is sparked when he sees me that's this rage that he doesn't know how to control. And, like, wow. I, you know, I was advised it's probably best to not, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know what the answer is. I don't, Yeah, I mean, I just put this thing on my Tumblr, you know, and, and honestly, I didn't really think that many people read it. I think a lot of people read it. <laughs> I think a lot of people I read I it. I underestimated because I haven't been doing that much because I've been at home, you know, yeah. trying to get over this and trying to feel okay again, not scared to like be around. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Be around like the people in our scene who are friends with him and stuff. And I guess I kind of forgot that people actually read the stuff that I'm writing because when there's nothing to say, people don't say anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, so I was kind of feeling like I didn't have that big of a platform. Well, I just don't think that. Yeah, that's just not true. I mean, you, you obviously you do. I mean, you're 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 the singer of a you know a popular band that played the Warp Tour, that's making records, that's touring all over the place. Like, of course, people are going to listen to you, and people are going to take um, you know take. I guess I just don't see myself that way. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it it is. Uh, it is what it is, and, you know, obviously, like, people yeah, I mean, want to support you. I thought he would just say it wasn't true. I didn't think that he would, you know, say direct quotes from right. Kevin Lyman that he just made up or things that I said that's, like, literally made up. Like, I don't, I mean, I wasn't there during his meeting. I was yeah. there during mine, but I'm not going to directly quote anybody. Well, you know, there's, there's if been... If they wanted to say that and they wanted to support me, they would. Well, there's been a lot... Um, of stuff like this over the past, I'm going to say the past year. Uh, like you know, I was yeah, on I, Warped Tour, I was on Warp Tour with you in 2015. Um, there were you know we had those town hall meetings. I don't know if you attended them. You know, there was one where Johnny Craig. You know, there was an incident with slaves, and and they ended up sending slaves home. Uh, there was obviously the front porch step um, incident. You know, where he played yeah. a show so there were all these incidents and i think that people in the scene now uh are very sensitive and they should be sensitive uh to these to these kinds of uh uh actions and things so i think that from his perspective i think you know he's like well shit i you know this happened i have to protect myself because who's gonna hire me if if they think i'm a a person that's abusing females um so i understand completely why he felt the need to make a statement so um long-winded like that to try to get his side out and obviously i don't know how much of it is true how much of it is false and, and i don't know really anything that happened except i just can't imagine what you're going through because this is this is something that you you know you put out there to try to <laughs> to try to get off your chest and now it's just like it's gotten kind of crazy yeah, I just don't even understand how people would think that anyone would do this for publicity. Like, it's literally the, it would be the worst idea to get publicity out of, you know, making something up like this. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to say about it? I mean, I... I know, like, we're not going to spend the whole podcast uh, talking about this, uh, but obviously this is very recent news. Uh, yeah. And this I, is, like, kind of going on. So um, I just think, you know, if, if we didn't bring it up or if we glossed over it, you know, I don't think it would uh, it would be, you know, whatever. I'm not even a journalist, but, you know, journalistic integrity uh, kind of thing. You know, we obviously, if yeah. something going on, it would be ridiculous not to bring it I up. I don't know, man. I've been up all night. I'm, I'm just getting assaulted with tons of messages saying I need psychiatric help and like, you know. So there's a lot of people. That, a lot. So there's a lot of people coming at you like with like saying they don't believe you and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I mean even people who are my friends who saw me yell at him, but they don't know the whole story. 
because they know his side. Right. And I know that he said that he's going to get people to speak up who, you know, apparently go along with his side. I don't really know what that is because it took him three days to make up this <laughs> this thing. And, and he just really, I mean, there were a lot of low blows that I feel like, I feel like it was just a perpetuation of his abuse. Like, it's just another way. Just I, I should have known that he would do that in that way. Because he's always tried to make me feel just terrified and scared and and crazy. He's always tried to make me feel like I'm crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be very troubling to feel that way. Um, it can be very troubling to to, you know, to see a person that you care about, you know, treat you with so uh, little um, dignity, you know? It's horrible. And, like, you know, he had to bring warps for into it and everything. And I didn't want to mention that because of what you said, how last year was, like, the year for that. Right. Like, I didn't want to ruin my chances of ever playing it again. Right. So you feel like now, because that's on out on blast and you're talking about this, that, that Lyman might just say no candy hearts just because of you know, something like, oh, they're they're causing drama or something. Is that is that yeah. your, that's your fear? I'm, I'm terrified of that. That's why I never said anything for, for yeah. a, like a year. Yeah, that's Sorry. no. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, the, the uh, here's the thing about Kevin Lyman, and, and I've known Kevin Lyman for a very, very long time. Um, I've actually done. I did two Warp Tour episodes on this podcast. Um, I'm a big supporter of Warp Tour. And um, I'm not I'm not scared to say it. I've I've gone to every Warp Tour since 1997, either performing or playing. And um, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's gonna be. It's like 20 20 years or something. I'm really old. And uh, <laughs> no, no. And, and but with Warp Tour, like like the, here's the thing about Kevin. He he never cuts anyone out. And sometimes to a fault, you know, like he is the king of giving people second chances. Uh, like he gave Johnny Craig chance after chance after chance. Uh, the front porch step incident, which we talked about, he actually let the kid play, which, in you know, in almost everyone's opinion. I think Kevin would even say that was a mistake, you know, but he has this thing where he wants to give people second chances. Uh, a lot of the people that work on Warp Tour, really stage managers guy. stuff, right? A lot of the st- stage managers and stuff, they're ex, you know, they they're ex criminals, they're ex, you know, convicts, and they've been in prison, you know, uh, for long periods of time. And Kevin wants to help these people out, and I think that that's, I think that's a beautiful trait of Kevin Lyman. So for you to say, oh, too. I'm worried now that because this Warp Tour. No one's saying anything bad about Warp Tour. You you know you're saying good things. They handled the situation professionally. They took it seriously. Um, yeah, but I'm just always afraid that people are going to think that you know I'm annoying or a problem. Well, I, I mean, I was told that for like a year, every day, and that's always just a a fear of mine because I'm an anxious person. <laughs> I don't think people are going to take that approach at all to this or think that I think I think people I think a lot of people have gone through what you've gone through a lot of people are understanding to your situation and I don't think you ha- you should not have to worry about this affecting your career uh, you know because you chose to speak up about something that was troubling you I think you know I think that that's disgusting if if that actually happens and and I I, I hate to hear you say you've been up all night and you can't sleep and you know people are just <laughs> saying things to you that are that are horrible because that's yeah i mean i slept four hours and i have to record all day Uh, uh, (laughs) so you're recording are you recording an album right now yeah i am um i'm recording like oh geez well now we went right from that to me talking about recording an album and it sounds like i just use that no 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 no, no. that's (laughs) here's the thing like (laughs) Like I do these podcasts and things tend to jump around, um, you know, like like the way that your mind sort of can wander. That's some, sometimes how these podcasts go. But look, I'm not trying to change the subject. We can talk. Obviously, no, I want no, I want to okay. talk about. I, um, I mean, no, I want to talk about everything going on in is. your mind. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. No, sorry, I turn on the phone because I can't see your face. You know, you can't <laughs> see when you're going to talk. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's um, a common problem. Yeah. Uh, 
No, I mean, talking on my own is, is fine. I'm actually, you know, I said my statements. I said what he did was made up. Um, I mean, like 90% made up. I'm not saying I was an angel, but I'm definitely saying I wasn't abusive. Right. And if I did hurt his feelings in any way that affected him, well, I did intentionally call him a pussy. I will own up to that. And I know that I called him that because I know that he's sensitive about his manhood and I was just trying <laughs> okay. to get him away from me. And like, I, yeah, I mean, that's stupid. People fight uh -huh. in their relationships sometimes. Um, not that you should ever call someone that. But I'm not saying that was right, but right. what he said is just, he's just trying to turn around what I said and be like, well, actually she was, she did that. She did that. Right. Which is crazy. Um, anyway, we can talk about my album. Yeah, no, I just, well, just to finish up on that topic, like, I mean, I guess like it's difficult now because, you know, like I said, you kind of put that out there and you felt like you had to and now it's sort of it's blown back um you know with all this stuff and it's like how what do you where do you go from here like yeah do you think you need to try to just squash it and cut it off or do you think you actually need to say hey like to, to, to stick up for yourself and defend yourself and be like yeah this is like what was said um you know or i mean obviously there's probably fear of that too because then you're putting more of your own personal information out there because obviously if you're going to say like you know show text messages he sent you or whatever to to kind of talk about what happened then you have to show you the text messages that you sent too which in some ways might for you might not you might not be that proud of right so that must all just be very difficult right now to know what to yeah do, you i know? mean there are definitely things i said to him that when i read back looking for these texts because i knew he said it i really said like i'm, I'm not crazy like am i crazy did this not happen wow yeah because he's you know tried to make me feel like that's what people do when they abuse people but so I was going back and I was like I found out I was like I, I knew he said this and I knew he said this on this day I remember that he ruined my birthday for me and um there's some stuff that I'm not proud I said to him like I mean anytime where I ever said that I love him makes me cringe you know like right I mean I, I obviously loved him like a like a friend but um you know, I don't hire people that I don't really like or feel comfortable with, and I really did trust him. So, you know, I don't want I don't want people to read texts of me saying that I love him or that you know flirting right, with him in course. any way or anything like that to make him less angry because I mean I think it's a pretty common tactic of girls to like flirt with guys to make guys less angry or you know just sort of pacify people who are right. really just wild cards, I guess. But, you know, I mean, as far as anything goes in text, like, that's the extent of, of it. Like, yeah, maybe I said something nasty to him and, and they flirted with him, which was regrettable, but well. that's why, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, I, I don't want people... And, I, you know, I, I feel like there's a certain, like, point where it's like, a lot of this is going back, like, from our personal relationship, which has nothing to do with this incident. I mean, it does have something to do with the incident because, you know, Warped Tour was the time that I finally chose to stand up to it. Right, um, yeah. After months and months of just keeping quiet and being beaten down, and, like, even when he was our tour manager, just... I remember one day he looked through my phone and, like, thought I was flirting with someone... Because um, I left at our merch table and, like, he was just, like, screaming at me and I had a panic attack in the venue and I was just, like... This is Warped Tour? No. Oh, okay. This is another tour that we hired him oh, on okay. while we were dating. Um, right, right, right. And I just remember I was just, like, throwing up in the bathroom because the stuff that he said... Jesus. ...made me getting a panic attack and it's, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't... I don't know. I feel like I'm digging myself in the hole talking about this, but... No, I I think... You know, Warthor was when I finally stood up to it. I think it's fine. I, I, you've, gone, you've gone through... You've gone through so much, um, and, and it's... Yeah, I, it's, that's, it's really a hard situation, and, um, you know, I just, I just hope... People are saying, can... like, I looked... 
that show was mentally not right or that something was off about me. And it's like, and that's what it was. Well, yeah, something something was off about me. I've, I've been right. Yeah, that I mean, I've been so upset. Yeah, for a year. Well, I mean, we here's the thing. Very, here's we the thing. Well, here's the thing, Marielle. Like, you know, you got this out, and obviously now it's hard. But ultimately, I think doing, saying what you say, what you're saying, and getting it out there for you personally is going to be a beneficial thing than holding it inside. Um, you know, like you have been for almost a year. You know, I, I think that that's, uh, I think that's important for you. You know, to to get through this and move on. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, let's any, talk about anything anyways, else. Anyways, we got lots to talk about. Like, no. you know, why I went on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. But I uh, I do – so you're recording right now. Um, you are recording in New Jersey. Who's re- who's producing the album? Um, I'm actually working with two different people right now. Oh, cool. I'm working with Alex, who used to play in the kick drums on um, Your Own Hopeless. And I'm working with my friend Andrew Fuchal, who um, is a member of Field Mouse, and he does a lot of stuff with MC Chris. Okay. Um, and I'm trying so hard to get in with Paul Levitt because I am the biggest fan of his work. Uh, but we haven't been able to make our schedules work yet. I see. I'm trying to understand this this process. Like, are you collaborating with these people, like, kind of like co writing? Um, or like, do you have kind of an album written and you're recording like different songs with different people? Cause obviously not everyone's in the yeah, same room well, at the same time. Yeah, I know. Um, well, the way that, that I've worked is that I've written all, all the songs. Um, so I'm definitely open where if I like go in and they'll, if they have like some ideas of like a song that I'm not bringing in, I would be totally open to that. Um, that hasn't happened right now, but if it doesn't totally, that would be cool. But, um, Right now, I, I've written a ton of songs. I have, like, 20 songs. Um, I'm trying to record, like, six. <laughs> um, <laughs> six, yeah. And so I, I've just been going in with these songs that I've written. Um, and these producers are really helping me co-write it and, like, shape out the rest of, of the sound. Because I have, like, my acoustic guitar, my voice, my ideas of what I want it to be. Yeah. And... You know, they're really helping collaborate with me. And I think it's cool because I'm working with a lot of people who have um, done a lot with electronic kind of music. Oh, and yeah. I wanted to add some of those elements into what I'm doing. And I, I chose producers specifically who were great at that kind of stuff because writing that kind of stuff is a little bit of a weakness of mine. Um, and I wanted to really incorporate that into my album. So definitely having their opinions and ideas has been amazing. Yeah. That's interesting. You said about electronic music because I'm the same way. Like, um, you know, I remember back in the day when, you know, that stuff sort of started getting, uh, like popular where you could, you know, make music on a computer and everybody's learning about like, like reason or Ableton. Like there's all those, those programs that came out and I could never figure them out. And that's the same with me. Like, maybe for me it's good because I think if I was really good at that stuff, Silverstein would have a lot more electronic influences, and we don't just because I was never never could figure it out. But that totally makes sense to to work with a producer that has strengths where your weaknesses are in any facet. So I think that's a really smart approach. Yeah, it's been it's been cool. I haven't gotten in. Um I haven't gotten in too much, though, because, you know, these people are donating their time to me because, you know, like I said, um, before our contract with Bridge Nine ended, we fulfilled it. Um, we were not dropped, like I had been told in the news. Um, <laughs> and um, I-, I haven't talked to anyone really about, like, I haven't talked to them or anything about putting something new out. But, I mean, they're amazing, but they're a hardcore label. Yeah, More that's that's obviously like when I saw that you guys were on, were on Bridge Nine, I was like, oh, okay, that's you know, Mad Ball, uh, Strike Anywhere, Candy Hearts, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, I think that's sick, <laughs> and I think that my ethics and, and my personality definitely fit right with that, but our actual sounds, um, not so much. <laughs> no, no, it can be um, it can be tricky being 
the odd band out, you know, um, on a label, uh, you know, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's never easy. I definitely liked it. Um, but now maybe I'm looking to not be the odd person out and I'm looking to maybe move away a little bit from a little bit from the scene that we're currently in. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, hoping obviously... to maybe like do more indie tours, maybe, or or maybe fit with. Well, I know we fit really. We've toured with Modern Baseball and and bands like that before, and I love them. And that's more where I want to be than the broy pop punk mosh circle because I, I don't really feel like we fit in there. Yeah, I mean, the the problem with all that stuff is, I guess. You can't always choose <laughs> exactly where you, you want to be. You can't choose because I what... didn't even know any of this stuff existed right. until I was there. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know there was a scene for this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's one thing to say, oh, we want to do these kind of tours. And then, yeah, it's a whole other thing to actually get them, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've right? always been saying I want to do those kind of tours and um, like, oh yeah, I want to tour with Best Coast, but you know, like I've always been saying that. Yeah. But those aren't <laughs> the tours that we've gotten. Um, and I know, like our our last record is is super pop punk, but our stuff before that, I feel like isn't. And I don't know. I mean, we definitely fit with like we definitely fit with bands like Real Friends and those kind of bands. Like it's been great. Um, but you know, there's half the people there who want to mosh and half the people who really like us. And it would be nice to be somewhere where, you know, everybody was going to like us. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, that's the problem though. And, and like, I know from experience because with my band, like we're not like, we're, we're a heavier band, right? Like we have screaming and stuff and we have like yeah. heavy stuff, but we're not a metal band. So we can't tour with metal yeah. bands, but then we can't really tour with like, pop punk bands either because we're too heavy for that so we literally you are kind of in that in between we literally don't fit in with anybody except like the other like five, there's not i mean it used to be there was quite a few bands that had that vibe like similar to ours now there's like not mm-hmm. really that many so we're always in that category of like not really sure where we stand and it's hard for us to completely win over a room than if you're just like, oh, it's a pop punk tour. We're a pop punk band. Everyone there loves pop punk. Here we go. You know, 500 out of 500 people in that room are going to be stoked on our band. That has never happened with Silverstein. And it's probably never going to happen with you guys because. Yeah. And that's not always a bad not. thing <laughs> because you don't have to have a full room of people that like you. You just have to have a small select few of people that love you. And that's that's the key to all this in, you know, in my opinion. So, uh, let me yeah, ask I you, think so too. yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, um, so you say you're going to incorporate more electronic music. You're kind of talking about the past direction of, of candy hearts. Um, moving forward, do you think that these songs are, are going to take a dramatic turn? Is the music going to change? Like what can your fans kind of expect? Well, it definitely still sounds like us. Um, <laughs> well, it's still you singing. So, yeah, it's still me singing. It's still the lyrics that I write um, and the melodies that I write. I think, you know, maybe it's a little bit more pop leaning, like reg- like modern pop, like not right. pop punk, but like actual pop. Yep, that's cool. So you, yeah, so you, right now you're not really sure when you know when it's going to come out or even what label it's going to come out on. So you're kind of in a, I'd say kind of a maybe, yeah, maybe a bit of a fun, exciting place that you just don't really know. You know, what's next? Well, for someone with anxiety, it's terrifying and awful. But for a normal <laughs> person, I feel like it would probably be fun and exciting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's life is a life is an adventure, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So are you, guys, are you going back out on the road um, at any point? Or are you just, just focusing on... Yeah, I'm leaving um, in like three weeks. Oh, wow. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, we're doing an acoustic tour because when we were on Warm Store, we released an acoustic record. Um, and I had two new songs and like a couple from our last record that we arranged acoustically. And I never really got to support it at all. So I decided that while I'm writing this kind of stuff, it would be really nice to just go out and and play these acoustic songs and it's also easy because you know the guys don't have to take off from work and I, only I have to go oh so you're doing it alone <laughs> you're doing it alone okay yeah well originally I didn't want to do it alone originally it was going to be me and our guitarist but I think to save costs um, everyone on the tour cut down and we're all traveling in one van oh yeah so it didn't really make sense for me to bring someone else yeah, no, I, I mean that's uh, yeah, that's that's rad. I, I started a solo solo project myself, and I'm kind of trying to think about what I'm going to do for the live show because I just recorded three songs and put it out on a seven inch. But um, yeah, I'm kind of wondering too if, if what the approach is, if it's going to be just like I'm going to get in a car by myself and play, or if I'm going to bring in like instrumentation or whatever. And it's like it's kind of difficult to know, you know, what to do, but. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about like anxiety you have and stuff. Like, have you done a lot of solo stuff? Like, where no, you're alone on stage? Never. So I are mean, you a little nervous about that? I recently did like two shows that way to sort of practice and prepare myself for what it can feel like. Um, you know, and I'm not trying to pursue a solo career at all. And doing some sort of thing like this where I'm all alone is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And I'm doing it because I think. I really think it would be special for fans and I really think it would be the best thing that our band can do right now while we're, you know, waiting to put out new music. But that's the only reason I'm doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, because it's terrifying. Is it a long tour? Uh, no, it's like two and a half weeks, oh, okay. I think. Okay. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. in my room and... And filming myself practice, and I really like how it sounds. But um, yeah, it's really scary to get up in front of people by yourself, especially like where there's not all the loud music around you to cover if you mess up. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Every time I've done acoustic, like solo acoustic stuff, it's always like funny to me how the like the thing that's liberating to me, but also scary, is like if I want to just slow this song down for a second. Like, just, you know what I mean? Just, like, take a second and, like, drop the tempo. I can do that, you know? And, and like, that yeah. stuff is, like, it's not, this isn't something real people really ever talk about. But, like, obviously when you're playing with other people, you can't do that. But when you're playing by yourself, you, you have that, that luxury, which, which is a blessing and a curse. Because at the same time, like, if you stop playing guitar for a second with Candy Hearts, there's other stuff going on. It isn't going to sound like a total train wreck, but if you're acoustic and you do that, it's a train wreck. So, yeah, like, like if I get flustered when we're playing live, I can just stop playing if I get distracted. Right. Or if I'm like we're playing and like I'm like, oh crap, what am I doing? Where am I? Exactly. I can just not play and reevaluate for a second, but not so much when it's acoustic. Yeah. No, it's true. Which it's- is probably how people will see me on stage now singing acoustic being like what the hell am i doing that's interesting that <laughs> you said to start again yeah well that's interesting you said the thing about filming yourself um playing i've never thought about doing that like uh is that something you've done before i feel like it comes from a place of extreme paranoia like um but i have watched our live performances before and i think it really helped me grow as a band and i know when we started we were I mean, as most fans, when they start, <laughs> we're a little bit sloppy, and I didn't have the best stage presence. And, right. You know, watching myself perform has really helped me kind of become aware of what I look like and what I sound like, and um, especially because when, not so much for acoustic, but when you're playing in a band and your monitors aren't working in your ears. Yeah. And they're not working in the front. You don't know how you sound. So if you watch a video, you can hear how you sounded, which and sometimes is terrifying if 
you know, you couldn't hear yourself sing. How well, are you it's the same. It's the same way. Like people always say, "Oh my god, I hate my the sound of my voice on tape, like recorded." People hear their voice back. They're like, "Do I sound like that?" Like, ugh. Yeah. You know, it's it's the same. It's the same thing. I imagine with uh, with doing that and filming it. It's funny. It's funny. It seems like an obvious thing you would do, like to watch a video of yourself performing to get better. And I've just never done that. But maybe I should. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's like I've seen video or whatever and be like, oh, yeah, I maybe guess like, that's what I look like. would be like the biggest fan ever if you guys had just done that from the Oh, start. my God. I know. <laughs> Fuck. Instead this of is... just a little bit big. <laughs> Can I go back, please? Man. Yeah. No, I. No, it's, it seems like an obvious thing. But that's I don't know why I thought that was interesting that you said that. But um, maybe I will start doing this. I well, I definitely like to look at different like vocal techniques when I play and how it's coming off because you can't hear it inside your head the way that it actually sounds, I feel right. like. So I've definitely been like, I'm working on a Justin Bieber cover. And I definitely... Oh, which one? Um, crap, what's the name of that song? Uh, <laughs> Love Yourself. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's that one, one that's on the radio right now. Oh, I know it. Uh, yeah. My boyfriend taught me how to play it and I was like, well, he was just playing it and I was like, teach me how to play this. And he's like, you should play this on your tour and I was like yeah you're right and then I had to completely relearn it in a different key because it didn't work for my voice right, but now it does he's a dude. yeah that makes sense yeah cool yeah um but I've been I've been telling myself saying that so I can kind of see how to approach it you know yeah, absolutely <laughs> completely 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 makes sense uh, well let's actually I want to ask you how you kind of got into this you know world um did you when you were a kid obviously there was some point when you decided music was very important to you and you wanted to play it so how how did that happen when did that happen and how did that happen i feel like i was a little bit of a late bloomer when it comes to like professionally pursuing music um i definitely you know when i was younger i remember that well i loved music of course I loved the Beatles when I was a little baby and the Beach Boys and then Alanis Morissette. And then when I was a preteen, I absolutely adored Christina Aguilera and I wanted to be her. <laughs> um, and, you know, and think and stuff like that. And then one day on the radio, I heard this song and I was like, what is this song? I've never heard anything like this before. And I love this. And so I listened to the radio over and over and over again every day after school. Um, what song was it? I think I was... 13 or 14, the song was My Friends Over You by Newfound Glory, which oh. I finally discovered after weeks and weeks of waiting for them to play the song. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Because it was back when, you know, it was radios and your cars didn't tell you what song was playing. And for sure. There was no Shazam. Google wasn't really popular and I was also like 13 years old, so I was mostly playing like StarCraft <laughs> Diablo on my computer, not searching <laughs> cool stuff. Um, but so I found that song and then that opened up a whole world to me of like Dashboard Confessional and Brand New and Taking Back Sunday and all of those kind of bands and Blink-182, of course. Um, but I feel like that's in a category of its own because that was always like, I mean, that was more of like in the pop scene right? at the time. Right, yep. I think it was, it was like more on MTV and on the radio and stuff yeah, like that. And I know Newfound Glory, Glory was, but Newfound Glory was, but, but they weren't so at the level of no of Blink One Eighty Two. No, I could totally see like the radio play. It existed for them, but not like anywhere near the level of Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, exactly. And I remember at that during that time, like Enter the Sandman was like the big one. So I'd listened to that a million times before I found this Newfound Glory song, <laughs> and I cannot stand Enter the Sandman now. What Metallica? Um, yeah. <laughs> That's funny because, like, basically Metallica is the reason I play music. Um. Well, and I, you know, Metallica is fine, but after waiting for that right. song to come on, they played it. They played that Metallica song every, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. There's and it certain, really soured me towards there's it. There's certain radio bands, like, especially a lot of people don't know this, but, like, I live in Canada and they actually have to play 35% Canadian music on the radio. It's called CanCon. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. And so that's cool. It's, well, it's cool, except, you know how sh many shitty Canadian bands there are, like like Nickelback? Do you know how many, many times, if I was doing what you did, I would have to listen to Nickelback to hear that newfound Glory song? <laughs> you know, I have to say, though, I feel like Nickelback 
is not as offensive as people say, and I would rather listen to that than enter the Sandman. Oh, come on. Get out of here. <laughs> no way. First of all, it's Enter Sandman. Well, at the time that Nickelback not came the out. Sandman. First of all, the Black oh, Album. Black Album is great, okay? Black Album is great. <laughs> I uh, I celebrate. Listen, I'm not saying it's bad at all because I don't think that. Oh, the production. I just think oh. that I'm, that song I, I have not recovered from <laughs> it, it being so overplayed. That's okay. But Nickelback, to be fair, at the time they came out, they were like the marijuana of you know that butt rock scene. They were like the gateway. They opened the floodgates. Oh, all this- that's the worst part, though. Yeah, because then there was, like, Theory of a Dead Man and all that other... Oh, my God, horrible. But if you look at it for what it was, at the time when it was just Nickelback and that was a new sound that was not what it is right now, it's not that bad. And it's pretty catchy. And the lyrics maybe are a little bit dumb, but, I mean, come on. If you've ever listened to the radio, there are a lot of lyrics that are a little bit dumb. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) <laughs> uh we can we can agree to disagree on that one uh Marielle, and that is absolutely yeah. <laughs> fine anyway so you're uh you're in love with newfound glory and what made you say i need to not just listen to this but i need to do this like i need to get a guitar and i need to sing like how did that how did that happen well my sister um i have a twin sister and she was really into like Good Charlotte and Lincoln Park and Sun 41. Those were her favorite bands. And so she wanted to play bass um, and be like this rad chick bassist. <laughs> and at this time, I believe that most of what I listened to was like Bright Eyes and like Curses and those oh, nice. kind of bands. Yeah. Um, this was when I was like uh, in high school now. Um, and so my dad bought her a bass for... Oh, yeah, I guess I want a guitar, too, if she wants a bass. Okay. Um, And my dad got her a bass for Christmas, like she really, really wanted. And he got me a guitar, and I guess he figured, you know, he plays guitar, too. So if I never played it, he would. Um, And my sister never never played bass. Yep. She did for a little bit, kind of. But I just really took to playing guitar, and I was a poet. I went to school to study poetry, actually. Um, And I sort of found when I was in high school, like, especially listening to Bright Eyes and and, um, Bob Dylan and things that were more folk like that, I was like, you know, I could really put the kind of poetry I'm writing and stuff into a song that would make more people listen to it than, like, make more people hear it and it more accessible than a poem on a page. Yeah. So, and especially because they were like all the people that I really respected, just like, like Connor Oberst is amazing. Like he's so amazing, but he's a dude with an average voice who's playing guitar. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so you felt like, like you could, you could do it. If he could do it, you could do it. Yeah. I was like, if he, if he could do that, then maybe I could do it too. And so I started playing and I went to college for poetry and I ended up also applying to their, as a minor, their songwriting program. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. And sort of, I never really entertained it as like a career choice. I just sort of did it and played some shows on campus with my friends. Um, I played maybe like two shows in New York City and, and that was it. And that was like a big deal. Of course, um, yeah. And then when I turned, like, 21 and I graduated from college, uh, now we're getting to, like, more recent times, I, I yeah. went on tour with Man Overboard. Like, we started playing. Um, we, I booked a tour for us, just the first tour ever, because I was in between jobs. I was working at a parenting magazine. Okay. Um, and then I wasn't anymore. Um and so I booked this tour and we went on it and we started noticing that people were singing along to our songs and we were like, that's really crazy. Like, yeah. I don't even know how they heard this stuff. Because it was not something that we were pursuing, like, 
heavily or anything like that. Like we'd put some songs online and, and that was it. It's crazy how that happens, I know. Yeah. Um I noticed like people singing our songs and stuff and and I mean so it was like three people singing a song and then the next time we went there were like five and I was like, I can't I can't even believe this and then we played this festival that we drove all night to get to and it was a small DIY fest and um everybody there was singing the words to our songs and I was just like, I couldn't believe it at all. So I was like, Maybe this is something we can do but I still don't really know. And then we got a friend to put out a record um, on her label, kind of like, and she was sort of managing us. Um, and I got to say, she was a really great manager. Um, but she got us on tour with Man Overboard. And at first, I was really nervous. I was like, I don't know if I can go out on tour and do this. Like, I have to have a job or something. And um, But then I decided to go for it anyway. And once sure. I saw how Man Overboard operated... And the kind of stuff that they did, like, just when I saw how, like, a real tour operated, I was like, this is really not far off from what we're doing, and this really is an attainable goal. Sure, um, yeah. And during that time, I was also talking to uh, Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory, which blew my mind. Right, because it's, like, the whole reason that you even play music is that guy. Yeah. He wrote that riff. That's him, yeah. Anyways, go on. Yeah. And so he had uh, heard about us and we were on tour and like before the man, over, it was a tour before the man overboard one. Um, and I think at this point we'd only done like three tours and only, only like East Coast, never like even the man overboard one was like East Coast in Texas and we didn't go like full US or anything like that. Right, right. Um, so we'd only ever been out for like a week and a half or two weeks at a time and um I remember I just tweeted something about listening to their band and they, they tweeted back about liking one of our songs that was on this record that we had released and recorded in literally my mom's basement. <laughs> like we literally recorded it in my mom's basement and I couldn't believe it. And so he had messaged me and was like, Hey, do you have any demos I'd really like to produce you? And I was like, no, I, I don't have any demos. <laughs> I mean, like, hold on, hold on, record, hold on. And you're running to your, like your computer to record something. I was like, I was like, <laughs> what do I do? I don't have anything. Like, I don't even know how to record something. Like we just tried to figure out how to do this in my mom's basement. I was like, I don't know how to get a demo. It's like, what, what is a demo? Like, what is an appropriate demo to send somebody? Sure, yeah. I didn't yeah. know any of this. And I was like, also I'm, I'm very shy. And I was very much like, I don't want to be that person who hits him up later too. And is like, like if I had demos right now, I would have sent it to him. But like, I don't want to be a person down the line. Like, Hey, remember that time you said you were interested in my demos like five months ago? Well, here are demos. Like check out my band. Cause that's really obnoxious. And I'm sure well, he he's, gets the that that, a lot, he's the one so. that asked you for them. I don't know. I don't think that that's, you know, I know. I know he asked me for it, but I felt like so much time had passed that I didn't want to like, be like, hey, check out my band. Do you remember me? I don't know. I'm really shy. <laughs> okay, okay. And I don't like asking people for favors. <laughs> um, but, you know, we went on tour with Man Overboard, like I said. And that's kind of when I started to realize that it was something I could do. It was for real, yeah. Um, yeah. And when I saw especially how much money the band right above us was making, which was not a lot at all. Um, but it was a lot to me to make off of music. You know what I mean? At the time. Um, yeah. Well, no one, let's be honest. No one's really getting rich. Um, you know, but if you can, yeah. if you can stay afloat, then that's, uh, that's generally, that's the goal. Well, here. that's what I saw. I was like, this is like pretty much staying afloat almost. So <laughs> almost, that would yeah. be really tight. <laughs> staying afloat almost. <laughs> hey, I mean, they were like the, they were like the two of four, you yeah. know, or yeah. two of five, whatever it was. So yeah. I mean, they were awesome, and they inspired me as being two of five and how successful they were. And um, so Chad hit me up while I was on this tour and was like, I'm kind of offended that you didn't tell me that you're going out on tour with my friends. Like, I'm trying to help you, and you didn't even tell me that you're doing this. And I was like, oh, my God. Now I've offended him, <laughs> and he was actually serious. And I thought that he just said that to be nice or something. Right. I don't know. Right, okay. Like, he's actually 
serious and I've offended him. And since then, I did send him my demos because once he hit me up again, I felt like he was serious and I wasn't going to be annoying. And then he produced our record and it's been what it is since. Yeah. So um, so are you going to work with him again um, in the future? Are you, do you hope to? Yeah. I mean, he's amazing. He's an amazing songwriter. He's so smart. Yeah. Um, I know for this album, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Sure. Um, no, we talked about that. And, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I'd always love to work with him. He's amazing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. No, that's a really cool story, you know, to realize, like, you know, for me, it would be Metallica. If uh, James Hetfield uh, called me and wanted wanted to produce my band, that would be the same thing as uh, as what happened actually happened to you. So I love that I mean, story. That would be and really I love cool hearing. Too. Oh yeah, it would be. Man, understand, man. What a great song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mess. I'm just messing with you now. Uh, that's awesome. No, hey, we we've um, thanks for doing this. I, I uh, anything else you want to add? I know we we talked a lot at the beginning about some of the recent stuff, um, and you know we've gotten through you know a lot of the, your story of how you kind of got here but there's so much more to talk about so maybe down the road uh we can do another another episode um yeah definitely but but yeah what else is going on with you anything else that you want to um you want to kind of tell the people i feel like i've i've told everyone you know what i'm up to yeah, yeah. um what time is it even? I feel like I'm like late for my recording session. Well, it's not 11, it it's 1130 AM now. Late. So they're not going to start without you. I don't think Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be late, but I'm going to guess that they're not going to start without me. No, I think, you're, <laughs> I think you're good to go. <laughs> all right. Well, Hey, well, thank you so much for doing this and, and all the best with everything and, uh, and hang in there. I know it's, uh, I know it's really difficult what you're going through right now. Thank you. Thank you, Marielle. All right. Bye. All right. You have a great day. Okay. Bye. You too. So there's my conversation with Marielle Loveland of Candy Hearts. It really sucks that she's going through such a hard time right now. And I wish her the best in uh, moving on from this and moving forward. And it's great to hear that she's in the studio. She's working on some new music and also going back on tour, which I think will be very good for her. As always, we'll leave you with some music. I am very tempted to play Enter the Sandman by Metallica right now. Enter Sandman. I can't even say it wrong. But I will not do that. Sorry, Marielle. Uh, and I would love to play some Newfound Glory too, but we're going to stick with the Candy Hearts track right here. This is I Miss You on Lead Singer Syndrome. And we'll see you next week.
us now. 